0: Welcome to the people around us. I am your host, Blix, and I am with one of my favoriteest people, and she's going to be my unnamed friend for the day. (laughs) I um, love this person extensively, (laughs) and she is a person in the world around us now. So, welcome, unnamed friend. Thank you. (laughs) What is it like to be you?
1: What's like to be me mm-hmm. wow that's a rough question yeah um, um I feel like it depends on the day some days it's really fun to be me um, especially because of my job I feel really special some days and really um, like I'm part of something bigger than myself and um that is fun other days it feels like a lot and like I can't do all of it all the things and so yeah I guess that's all I can think of (laughs) how you describe yourself really what is it like to be you in the world I don't know. Yeah. I've never thought about that.
0: What would you like it to be like to be you in the world? Did you have a fantasy of that?
1: Of what I would be like? Yeah. I think, I know you and I have already talked about that before, but like I always thought I would be special in some way. Right. So I always thought I would do something and be someone that, like, at least made a difference or just was a little bit out of the ordinary, I guess. Yeah. Even though I didn't really feel like I was all that special growing up, but I've always just had this idea that I want to do something big. Don't know what, but something. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we've both brought children into the world.
1: That's right. kind of big. It's kind of big. And We're just not few sure. Other humans
0: walking around. Yeah.
1: Not sure if the world <laughs> is going to be grateful yet, but you know, no one ever. Is. At least we did that. So sure.
0: Not together, people. We just bring a human <laughs> into the world together. That would
1: be a totally different kind of show. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Separately. Yes. Yeah. I can see. I don't know if everyone feels that but I definitely felt that I would be special too Mm -hmm. that I would do something that mattered or made an impact but um, I don't know that we know what our impact is right or what our legacy will be Mm -hmm. I think that it was Oprah who was speaking to Maya Angelou and she was like you have no idea what your (laughs) legacy is going to be right you can't control that yeah you don't know what it's gonna look like. And I look at people like my grandpa, and I don't know that he ever had the desire to be special, but I think he lived a very special life. Right. And I feel like I benefited from him showing up every day Mm -hmm. to be special.
1: You can make those impacts that you actually have no idea you're making at the time. Right. And I think people do get lost in that idea of they need to be leaving something significant behind and they're working so hard that they lose sight of the ways they actually are leaving something behind. Like right. they People that get caught up in their careers and fail to pay attention to the people around them because they're more concerned about what the rest of the world thinks of them rather than the people that actually love them. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree with that. Well, and had, I mean, like I think it's Facebook or something. I haven't been on Facebook for years, but, um, I feel like that is, you can smile at someone and change their entire day. They could have Mm -hmm. felt entirely invisible and unseen and uncared for. And because someone smiled, That extends possibly their life by at least one day. Right. You have no idea. Right. The impact of you on the planet. Yeah. For other humans. Yeah. And that's a big deal. And I think that what you do... Do you want to talk about what you do?
1: Yeah, that's fine.
0: So you're um, a therapist Mm -hmm. in our little corner of the world. Right. And I think that that can make a huge... (laughs) Impact. Hopefully. I mean, from people questioning themselves and getting feedback on that, that that makes a massively huge impact. One, to say that your questioning is not wrong. Yeah. To say that your questioning is good and to give feedback on the types of questions that they're answering. Yeah. Not necessarily you don't have the answers, Mm -hmm. but to apply the proper questions to their lives. Right. It's a huge, huge impact. I thank you every day for, for making
1: the the world just a little bit more self-aware. Sure. That's all you can ask for. Well, and it helps me <clears throat> having... I just tell my clients I describe you as my Yoda, and <laughs> I'll even say my Yoda was telling me the other day that... um I brought up the asking that instead of why. Mm -hmm. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. That um, instead of trying to figure out all the whys, am I doing this? And why can't I be this way? And why won't I stop? Um, Because of our conversations and because of the knowledge you've gained from other people who then give it to you who then give it to me. And then I give it to my clients. And it's just this amazing ripple effect that I'm sure people have no idea they're even making. And then who knows what that client's going to go and share with somebody and the relationships that will impact. And so it's like, it's kind of exciting that I feel like I get to see that more than a lot of people Yeah. that I get to hear about those things and witness it in front of me and that's pretty cool yeah yeah and so
0: transform. thank you you're welcome thank you <laughs> sure. um what is currently in your life something that you're struggling with
1: Whew. or
0: you're, multiple
1: things like you're familiar with all these um <laughs> am, but, but the, the rest of the world isn't, isn't. um <laughs> The main thing I think I've been working on is um, probably that self care thing where um you and I have talked about how when I'm alone, I feel a little lost, where I don't really know what to do with my time, and then I feel guilty for not being more productive than I am, but I just kinda wanna distract myself until I get to the next moment of interaction, basically. And that I'm no longer comfortable with. And I know that I've developed that for whatever reason, for who knows why I needed to do that, but it's not helping me anymore. And it's a hard kind of habit to break, but instead of asking that, why am I doing this? I'm trying to figure out the what would happen if I didn't do this. What am I afraid of would happen if I wasn't distracting myself? Like and I haven't really figured that out yet. Yeah. But it's helpful to it just seems like a kinder way to approach it where the why seemed very um yeah, shaming or even aggressive like you're a bad person for doing this and the uh, thinking of it as like well what what am I afraid would happen if I didn't seems a lot kinder and like we're not trying to shame or make this part go away we just want to know why or the the reason that you're there and what's the role that it's playing yeah so and I know I kind of lose my clients when I start talking about parts, but like <laughs> that just is what makes sense to me that they are parts of us and those parts show up in different ways. And so I'm, I've just been trying to get in touch with that part of me that is doing a job that's not really helping me the way I need it to anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: So that would probably be the main thing that I've been working on. Yeah. Kind of working on, I guess, expressing myself more would be what is another thing. Um, Just instead of holding feelings in, just actually get them out. And you would think as a therapist, that's something that I... I'm asking my clients to do on a weekly basis. And it's easy for me to empathize with how difficult that is. Yeah. And it's kind of funny when I'm telling them how much better you'll feel if you just talk about it. And the power... or. The way it can take away power from something like anxiety or depression just to get it out. And I can see these things happen in my clients and yet I fail to do them for myself all the time. And I'm sure that's just human nature. Yeah. But there's definitely times where I'm looking at my clients like, wow, you are far braver than I am. Yeah. And it's really cool to see and it's inspiring as well so they definitely help me just as much more more than I'm helping them um just realizing that it it can be really powerful to just get it out yeah whatever it is and the anxiety that I've had for so long has wrecked my body physically and it's caused damage in relationships and it's made me live out of guilt and fear and i i'm just at a point where i'm i don't want to do that anymore and so it's it's all those habits that i've developed that i'm just now trying to develop new habits in their place so instead of feeling that anxiety in my body and try to either eat it away or distract it away or you know, find something else that will make it go numb. I'm actually trying to listen to it more and then talk about it. Cause sometimes I don't even know what it is until I just start talking yeah. and then it'll come out. So, so yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, um, I think it was blind boy that I was listening to and he does a Podcast, but he was on Russell Brand's podcast and he was talking about cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about like those paths that are so worn down from your house to through a field to like the grocery store or something like that. And that path is just worn and worn and worn. And you never think to just make another path. Yeah. to just start another, and it's rocky, and it's mm-hmm. weird, and I think that's what you're experiencing when you just start to talk about it, yeah. and you don't even know where it's going, Yeah, much like this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't even know where it's going, but you're like, I'm just, I have to, and whenever you start a new path, when you, whenever you walk in an open field, there is no path. Right. You're stepping on lumps of dirt and grass that you're like, it's uneven, and it's rocky and it's weird and I don't have total balance or quote unquote control all the time yeah. and then the more that you do it the more that that neural pathway is built to something a little bit more positive and I'm not talking walk 180 degrees to a different grocery store I'm just right. talking one degree difference mm-hmm. To the path that you were trudging before.
1: But it's terrifying to step out of those paths.
0: terrifying. Right. You have no idea what is there. Right. The snakes know not to stay here. It's Uh, worn. Right. (laughs) What's in the grass over there?
1: It's the um, certainty of misery rather than the misery of uncertainty. And knowing what to expect and knowing, okay, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good, but at least this is what I'm used to compared Mm to trying something that could potentially get you hurt it could potentially leave you vulnerable um it could i think a lot of people just have the fear that it's it'll open somewhere that i can't get back from yeah and so part of it i think becomes trusting yourself to actually be able to get you to that destination Where if you have no faith no trust in yourself to actually build that new path that you're just going to get lost somewhere between here and the store and you'll never come back and you're going to die alone out there. Rationally, we know that that's probably not going to happen, but we tend to come from that irrational place a lot more. And I think that just starts really young. Yeah. And we just don't, Nobody takes us aside and says, hey, you don't have to do it this way anymore. You can do something new. And again, we sometimes don't have that trust in ourselves that, okay, if I try this, if I try something new, am I going to be able to get myself through that? So along with just that whole trying to build new habits, it's also a process of learning I guess, gaining confidence, too. Yeah. And it does build confidence when you can start doing things differently. I have seen that a lot as well.
0: Yeah. Tiny things. Right. Tiny, t- I mean, back, circle back to the self-care. Right. Like, I was thinking about it because we had that conversation, I think, this week or last week. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, because I go down internet black rabbit holes, you know, mm-hmm. just like... I, enjoy I get it. lost in <laughs> yeah,
1: <they're> great <laughs> internet rabbit
0: hole. Um, I was watching somebody on YouTube. They mentioned something about a tongue scraper. I think it was something to do with organization of some kind. They mentioned a tongue scraper. I was like, what's well, a tongue-, tongue scraper? So then I go down that rabbit hole and I thought about you for like 10 seconds. I'm mm-hmm. like, what if it was t- scraping your tongue? What if scraping your tongue was the only <laughs> self-care thing you did? Because it was amazing. The <laughs> things right. that you get off of your tongue when you scrape your tongue are disgusting and terrible. It's like popping a zit for those yes. people who enjoy those videos. It's disgusting. And I right. like, you scrape it like three times and stuff yeah. is still coming off of your tongue. Okay. And I was like, what if somebody buys a one ninety nine tongue scraper mm-hmm. and that is their self-care routine right. that says I'm making my world slightly better? Right slightly better I spend 30 seconds to a minute mm-hmm. twice a day doing this one thing sure
1: that makes me
0: feel like I'm taking care of myself
1: yeah that's it but we rarely I don't think people um what's the word I'm looking for they don't really recognize the small successes right. they think <clears throat> um especially since it's the new year and everyone starts getting on that resolution bandwagon of they don't think, you know what? I'm going to start walking for five minutes a day. They think I need to lose 20 pounds. Right. Or I need to run a half marathon. Right. Yeah. It has to be something that needs to be significant or is that what they call significant in order to be justified or recognized or whatever the word is there but i think you have to start with the little successes you want to
0: make those little successes to be about self-care
1: right because
0: like is the losing 20 pounds for you Mm -hmm. or is the losing 20 pounds for your ego or for Mm -hmm. others or for praise or claim or whatever it is is that really for you is it because you could ruin your knees trying to run half marathon. Sure. So is that for you or is that for the glory of that I did this thing?
1: Right, the recognition. Right. Mm -hmm. So
0: is it about what is the healthiest thing for me? I want to walk for five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's two and a half minutes away from your house, your work, wherever, because you have to have a starting point. Yeah. And then two and a half minutes back. Right. And if that's as much as you can do, that's as much as you can do.
1: And that's significant. Good yeah. It's good enough. It is. And it's significant. you can, once you get that down, you can start building that up. Or maybe you don't. And right. maybe and
0: that's
1: then you your realize victory. Maybe walking
0: is not the thing for you. And you sure. want to be in a spin class and you can do a spin class for an hour. Mm-hmm. But you felt it out for yourself
1: mm-hmm. and were
0: present with yourself. And it wasn't for, oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. So people will say, you look so good. Right. Or I'm going to lose 20 pounds so that I can, you know, be recognized for being beautiful and thin and wonderful. Right. Um, I'm going to just do this as a self-care mechanism to bring myself back to what my purpose is on right. this planet.
1: Who I want to be. Right. Like you said, the person in this world. Right. Who are you in this world? And... um. I think I get just as hung up as most people where I don't think about it as what I want to be in this world. I think about it as who people see me as mm-hmm. and who, how would others describe me and how do they see my life and how would they describe I am and act and what my purpose is, where it's that external validation who you are from everyone else rather than yourself and that's it's hard to make that change to make that switch into listening to yourself and trusting yourself
0: yeah yeah that's a big i i think i've been on the the path of not necessarily enlightenment, but um, self-discovery or self-awareness mm-hmm. or whatever, however you wish to want to call it. But I forget that part of it. Yeah. I forget that. And I think that, I mean, I'm in a family just like anyone else. Sure. I I'm, I'm, come from parents. Right. <laughs> grandparents. And I divert back to acting a certain way, especially we just got done with the holidays. You you go back to acting a certain way and to pleasing in a certain way in a family unit that you're like, I am much older. (laughs) Why am I acting in such a way? And I I am a little bit more aware of it now. I can see Mm. it a little bit more. And sometimes you just need to start acting that way to fill that void so that people can express what they need to express. It's, you know, like a well-staged play at this point. Right. the peak and then the down it yeah. <laughs> goes up a little bit and then it's, I mean, if you've been in a family long enough and have been yes. to enough Christmases or Thanksgivings, you you know the gist of how yeah. it's going to go. Um, but I think you do revert back to some of that stuff and then oh, you yeah. do get that validation from the external world of that I am a good person mm-hmm. um, and that it stops coming from internally. Right. And that's, I, I, I sometimes forget about not everyone's trying to come from a place. They're still trying to come from an outside place. Right. And I had a really good image last night, actually, in anticipation for this recording. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was listening to another podcast and kind of lamenting myself about, like, what if I don't do the interaction right? Or what if I don't do the exit right? Or what if I don't... And how do I want this thing to look? Do I want to have prescribed questions to ask somebody do I want to have all this stuff and um I thought I thought of like um they were talking about how you we forget how much space is outside of our planet floating in the galaxy yeah (laughs) how vast it is and then I thought about it in a context of again thinking of you how vast it is inside right because I think, like, I thought, oh, it's just extreme everything on the outside of us. Darkness. And, I mean, you go outside this planet, outside your skin. If it's dark at night, how far can you actually see? Yeah. How, like, how how much do you actually exist? And then if you go just skin deep, how dark is it under there? How lonely yeah. is it under there? Right. How scary is it under there? And it's the same amount of vastness. Mm-hmm. But we live in this skin sensory um we live in the objects that we can touch and feel and so then or taste or what meal you went to or you went to a four-star restaurant or three-star restaurant you went to a um you know joe schmoe's down the street yeah (laughs) and it's a constant comparison game of what's more valuable um and contextually speaking and so i thought that that was kind of an interesting Thought that it's vastness around us and it's va- it's vastness
1: internally. Inside and everyone is scared to go either way. Right. <laughs> and I, I know we've talked about how frustrated we get when we are forced to be in those conversations that are very superficial. And as I like to call it, just surface. Yeah. And everybody just wants to stay on the surface, just like you're talking about the surface of your skin and you don't want to go further out and you don't want to go further in. We just want to hang out right here in this area where it feels safe. And it's, I get it that it's scary. It's definitely scary to either go out or go in, but it's also pretty cool Yeah. what you discover on the other side and you discover what you're capable of. And then once you get into those deeper places, you want to bring other people along.
0: Yeah. You're like, no,
1: come on. (laughs) Probably why this podcast is happening. Like, you're just sitting there going, no, come on, guys. Like, it's really cool. Right. Just dig a little bit deeper and...
0: Well, and I I get blamed a lot for um, having very deep conversations with people just randomly. (laughs) Blamed? Right. I get like, gosh, you're so deep. Why is, like, why does everything have to be such a a big deal? And I'm like, it's just naturally who I am. That's just, it's just, it is who I am and to deny myself of that. um, And as you were speaking, I heard of, I just thought of this um, idea of like, I feel like our senses is where we should play. Mm -hmm. it's not our purpose. It's not our meaning of being here. And I feel like maybe there's a YouTube artist who does makeup and her meaning and her purpose is to bring that play to us. Mm. Yeah. And so she's like, it's fun. It's exciting. It's cool. You can change all sorts of things about your face and still love your face and still maybe and just, but her purpose is to bring that play to us. I'm not... Dim, diminishing what people bring that is materialistic right that's right. not my that's I don't know no. I, don't, I don't think that's where sometimes my deep conversations get me in trouble is people think that it's about like you can only be deep and that's not my point no my point is that uh, words yeah. I mean I'm listening and speaking and using my mouth and it's mm-hmm. all material and mm-hmm. and it's still it's play really yeah. if you look at it and
1: it's materialistic to some degree, so but it's still feeding that deeper yes, the deeper purpose or meaning or yeah, however you want to describe it, yeah,
0: yeah. And I I think that people identifying whereas if there's a YouTuber out there who's just doing it to get likes, mm-hmm. to have external validation that she's a fantastic person, right? To be praised and loved, yeah. Um. That's completely different than saying, I want to bring play to you with makeup. Yeah. I want to have fun Mm -hmm. and be goofy and silly and maybe get to a deeper meaning of something. Sure. Maybe I help somebody who has rosacea and they learned to love their rosacea or they learned Mm -hmm. to love something that was, quote unquote, a deformity of some kind. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about, and I do have a YouTuber that I listen to that she does. She's like, don't you have hooded eyes? Mm -hmm. Hooded eyes are not the devil. (laughs) They're not. I don't know. You can't ever succeed (laughs) if you don't have hooded eyes. And she gives a million examples of um, Blake Lively. Yeah. Like, she has crazy hooded eyes. Mm -hmm.
1: Is she still a gorgeous woman? Yes. Is she still married to a gorgeous man? Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) It's just. Right. Yeah.
1: doesn't have to be your downfall. No. It can be And you don't have to
0: hide it. You can accentuate it. You can wear sh shimmery eyeshadow on your lids just yeah. like like it's just about showing up and saying this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more you go internally mm-hmm. or outside of yourself, yeah, more the more you realize that this isn't the hooded eyes are not my my thing in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am so much more than those things.
1: Yeah. I wish People were looking more beyond the hooded eyes, but we still live in this kind of society that all wants to remain on the surface and what's on the surface is hooded eyes. Right. So I think that's why we tend to get so concerned about those superficial things that people judge me the minute they see me. Mm-hmm. and while that shouldn't shouldn't necessarily be the way it is that's kind of the way it is where we can just look at somebody walking down the street and we immediately think we know what they're all about yeah just based on their clothes the way they're walking where they're walking how they're walking and all those physical things that our surface, and we make all kinds of judgments based on it. And so it's almost like finding that balance of I don't I want to look a, in a way that people want to get to know what's underneath. Mm-hmm. Yet I don't want to have to care that much about. Right. So it's to me, it's kind of that hard. I go back and forth with myself all the time on that of the the clothes and the cars and the house and all those things shouldn't matter as much as they do. I guess I'm, I don't want them to matter that much, but it's really hard to get out of that kind of mindset of. Yeah.
0: Yeah like the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. Like if I'm, (laughs) if I'm sweet and I look Mm -hmm. approachable, then people will want to talk to me and then I can show them what's inside.
1: Right. And then I can connect. I even, uh, put on a description of what I wanted Stitch Fix to send me for clothing styles or whatever. And I said, I'm a therapist, so I want to look professional but approachable. Mm. And so I it, that helped me kind of realize the surface area that I try to present to the world, too, of I want to look like I know what I'm talking about and like I have my shit together, but I also want to look like someone you aren't afraid to come talk to. Right. Um... Or intimidating in any way just being trying to find that perfect middle ground I don't know if it really exists but I, I am aware of that kind of game I am trying to play with I want to present in a certain way just so people can get past the outside so they can get to know what's on the inside
0: yeah yeah. And I think that to deny that we are influenced by the outside oh, yeah. world is kind of ridiculous. Right. Right. Um I would like us all to be enlightened enough. Oh, that'd be I wonderful. Think that would be a beautiful goal uh-huh. <laughs> for all of us to be enlightened. I'd enough. be out
1: of a job and that's right. great. But... <laughs> to
0: um to say, Hey, it's not about the outside and it's not about um what you're seeing because you can be very, very fooled into mm-hmm. believing that somebody is a very nice kind person um, off of their looks or their appearance or something like that um, or hell social media. I mean, sure. They're a great person. They right. go on amazing vacations and they give so much to charity and mm-hmm. they, and it's like, yeah. And they haven't had sex for six years and they don't sleep in the same bed together. Right.
1: <laughs> they, and they're miserable. Right.
0: And their, their hotels were in separate rooms and yeah, you just don't know what's going on. And I think that for whatever reason, I I I don't see things that way. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was at a coffee shop in like October, I think. And I'm going to assume that this person was homeless mm-hmm. or um, some sort of like, – he bought a coffee, but mm-hmm. he had um, – Those, like, plastic milk carton crates stacked up on top of each other on, like, a wheelie system that I think that he had devised himself. Sure. And he had a cell phone and these huge glasses, and he had a couple of coats on. It was – we're in northwest um, of the U.S., and so it was a little bit chilly. He had a couple coats on. didn't look like he had showered a ton, and he had a cell phone, and it was – I mean, these glasses were huge and, like, just thick, and he had the phone, like – an inch away from his nose the whole time. And all I wanted to do was talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I it took everything in my power to be like, man, what, what is, is happening? going on? And yeah, do you need help? Yeah. Like, is it, can I help you read something? Like, mm-hmm. is it, was he just a little bit crazy and just, was reading, like, old newspapers or something like that. Right. I don't know, but I just wanted to, like, where are you going? Where have you been? What has yeah. your life been like? What is mm-hmm. just... And I was meeting someone else, so I couldn't really get into it with him. But I right. just sat there, and I was like, I just have so many questions. Yeah. And I think that that might be as as much anxiety as I do have on any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as my imagination can run away from me. Right. When there's someone else there. I don't have any imaginings about the person. Mm-hmm. I just have questions because yeah. I can't, because if you are accessible to me in the moment, right. f- what the fuck am I imagining stuff for? I have you to answer all, all, all questions. the questions that I have. Yeah, I don't need to imagine anything because right. you're right there. And I can play that game with anybody, you know, or myself, like people watching and like, what is their life like or where are they going or they seem in a big hurry and they have a very important meeting or, Mm -hmm. you know, I can do that. But
1: when they're right there in front of me, it's just curiosity, blind curiosity. And And I I think we have that in common. And I think that's why you and I can talk for hours about things is we do have that curiosity about people where I am really good at giving people the benefit of the doubt just – I know, I believe very much so that people are all good at heart. That no one is born bad, I guess, or evil or whatever you want to kind of call that. That I think life just twists and turns and they learn these lessons and have these experiences. And they then sometimes mold into these individuals that make horrible horrible decisions but i truly believe at the root of every person is just a simple being trying to survive like the rest of us and i want to get to know that part right that that's that's who i want to get to know in everybody i meet and that's why it can drive me crazy sometimes just the
0: Surface conversation. The
1: surface, small talk. Like, I don't care about the weather right now. I I can see it. I just, I want to know what's your biggest fear in life or what was your childhood like? And what kind of dreams do you have? And how do you feel about yourself? And those are the things that I, I feel like you and I both just naturally have that curiosity. But I think sometimes my anxiety comes from the fear that people will either, A, learn too much about me, or B, won't won't want to learn anything about me, and then we'll just make their assumptions. They'll just guess as to why I'm in a hurry, you know, and not take that time to actually listen and pay attention and make those judgments without ever asking the questions. And so, I mean, when I think about anxiety, sometimes how that can show up is just that fear that I'm either not good enough or that I'm too much yeah, or, um, or I'm going to be found out as a fraud of some kind and you want to keep it all inside And protected from the world. Yeah. And yet when I look at the world, I'm like, no, I want to learn it all. And I'm not going to judge. And everything is great. But it's harder to have that trust in other people, I think. So there's just that, just a lot of fear. Yeah. That we're all just kind of trying to skirt over. Yeah. Yeah
0: that if we just talked about or like I had a run in with um my mother yesterday um and it was yeah, it was nothing and nothing major, nothing in particular, or anything like that, but instead of getting wrapped up in my story about it, and we had the moment, we had the little scuffle, mm-hmm. whole families together, um, my brother was about ready to leave town, and so we are just kind of having a day with the whole family together. It was a tiny little scuffle, nothing huge. Um, it was mentioned for, like, 30 seconds to a minute, and then I was done. And then I thought she was still mad at me 15 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And I come over, and I just help her start washing the dishes. We're not talking about it. We're not speaking about it because um, if things I, – I, again, where I got the message that I'm too much is mm-hmm. – mostly from my family who doesn't wanna dig into things or pick apart things or things like that or have curiosities. And that's fine. I have to learn to live in this world. Yeah. (laughs) You can't just can't force people down the rabbit holes. Yeah, Yeah, I can't just be mad and I mean I definitely could. I choose not to. Sure. Um and then I come over and I think, okay, well it's just gonna be a couple of hours of this feeling of like Mm -hmm. and then we can leave and I don't need to leave off in a huff it's an incident with my mother it's not gonna be the first it wasn't the first it will not be the last and just kind of let's just get through the rest of it and as best we can and I come over and she's like god I'm just so just pissed about my mom
1: (laughs) Was she like, wasn't she even wasn't, about you. She had just moved on. <laughs> she just moved
0: right on, and I was like, and I was like, oh, so it's not about me? She's like, no, I'm over that one now. <laughs> I was just, I, I was, was like, so... that's the that's the furthest I know. That looks like a massive. It felt like a massive leap to yeah. me, but yeah. it was, and it looks probably like a minor second in time. Like if you saw it, it would it would get cut from a sitcom. Like right. it's not even worth mentioning. Yeah, but um. It was a huge deal for me to be like, oh, it's not about me. And she's like, no, I'm over that one now. And just in a huff about something else. And Mm -hmm. um, I just thought that that was interesting.
1: Yeah. To to experiment with. Right. Yeah. But it goes, I think, because sometimes it goes back to that being that little kid where you're trying to predict mom's. Moods and behavior, so that you can act accordingly and right. try to make your world safe. We forget that I'm a grown ass woman and I could just leave if I want to, and her deal is not my problem. But we definitely lose that, especially with our families. Oh God, yeah, and especially with parents. Because I was even thinking as we've been talking, I'm like I could bring up, um, you know, an example about my mom, but then there's this part of me that was like. Well, but what if you want your mom to listen to this podcast and then like are you are you going to upset her? And right. right now right here it's bringing up that awareness that I have that I'm constantly worried about upsetting my mother. Yeah. And it's something I really she would argue that I don't care about her feelings <laughs> and she would argue that i could could not care less mine as well about yeah. her you know upsetting her right little does she know that's all the filtering <laughs> that i've done and the only fucking thing that's, i care about <laughs> that's the, whatever upsets you believe me has gone through like extensive filtering right so whatever comes out i can't control that part um but my husband was pointing out, um, my mom had sent me a text message in the way that she does where it was like, uh, I need, I want you guys to do this sort of right. Text message, not a question, not a, would you so, be willing? Right. Not no a, ask. you got volunteered, Right. And, and my husband was like, well, why don't you tell her no? I go, because she'll ask me why. <laughs> and then she will come up with every, you know, whatever I give her will not be good enough no. as to be a reason not to do the thing that she needs me and wants me to do. And then she'll micromanage your calendar so that she can get the thing that she needs done. Oh, yeah. Done. And then she'll start bargaining <laughs> with the kid and watching him, you know, all these tactics that she uses. And... My husband's over there just being like, why don't you just call her out on it, kind of thing? Like, uh.
0: These are not options. No.
1: What? <laughs> Who are know. you? I don't know what you're talking How about. Long have you been here? <laughs> so then, of course, I, and he's right. And I could. I could just say, Mom, that won't work for me right now and be done with it. But I cannot. <laughs> <as> a, <laughs> 30-something-year-old woman still cannot manage to say those words to my mom. Yeah. And where I could say them to my husband or you or anybody else on this planet, for whatever reason, I turn into that who knows what age and am terrified that my mom is going to be upset by something. So it's funny how at least at least i have the awareness right <laughs> so and i'll tell my clients that too i'm like you know, i don't expect you to just change things overnight that's not going to happen no. it would be silly to even think that it's starting with the awareness that this is happening and i'm sure eventually along the way i will find a way to, to manage this with my mom of maybe even just i could have sent her a text message back saying you know, I'll try to make that happen, or right, or however, or or as my husband said, you just tell her because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work. Does not work. Right. And eventually, I'm sure I'll I'll figure that out. But having that awareness is definitely just that first part. And that's kind of to circle back to the little victories, the little yeah accomplishments that you're making. That those are just those little things. So sure, I, I can't just change the dynamic in my family overnight, Right. but I can start to gain awareness. And I, I'm still proud of myself for being the one between my brother and I that had to tell my mom some bad news and neither one of us wanted to do it. And you got to listen to me going <laughs> through that of just mulling it over and trying to figure it out and getting angry and fighting with my husband over things. And finally I said, I just got to tell my mom the the truth basically and risk her being disappointed. And my brother didn't want to do it. And I still didn't have balls enough to call. I just sent a text message and then just was breathing, (laughs) just (laughs) waiting and eventually i got a text message back and it was like oh that's not a big deal that's fine honey whatever works for you kind of thing yeah like and what I, yeah exactly and i i go well maybe i've underestimated her and i don't know i mean but in other ways you know she might take something and completely turn it into <laughs> something that you you aren't even expecting them to um so it's that unpredictability but I guess as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about how do you how do we cut through that? How do we get to that other side? And even when I'm thinking about you and the situation with your mom and me and the situation with my mom, it's all the things we're not saying. Yeah. It's all the assumptions, all of the fear, all of the anxiety, all of the the ways our imagination has turned it into. And if I say this, it's going to turn into that. And that's going to make me feel this way. And I definitely don't want to feel that way. So
0: avoid it like the plague. Avoid,
1: yeah. avoid, avoid. And so much is just not said. Yeah. And I get, I just get tired of things not being said. And yet I am really good at not saying them. them.
0: Yeah. I, um, the situation with my mom I I could have very easily looked at her and been like, you reacted the exact same way. Right. <laughs> like, why why are you getting upset with me yeah. in this situation? You would have done... Like, I can count yeah. four times in my childhood where you acted the exact. exact same way I just acted. Yes. And yet I'm getting yelled at for this. Yeah. And... As I think about that, I'm like, and then what I could do is what I've done before multiple times in my life is I storm out and then it becomes a big thing or whatever. And I've just learned so many times that it just doesn't work and it makes it a bigger thing. And I think. whoever's listening to this at whatever point in time that they're listening to it in their lives, Mm -hmm. if you're a 16-year-old girl and you're like, I'm just going to stream it, you have to go through that to some extent. I'm not trying to save you and say, here's Mm -hmm. the blueprint. and Avoid all the mistakes. You've got it. No, 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 honey. (laughs) You you have to feel those feelings at some point. Just again, like you were saying, the awareness of it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm aware that I will tell myself stories, Yeah. I can say, okay, let's just not tell a story right now. Okay, let's just take a break. Mm -hmm. Take a beat. She doesn't need to be reminded how she's treated you this way. Right. She doesn't need to be brought down to your level or whatever you're feeling right now of like you're feeling shame or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not what needs to happen right now. And you don't need to tell yourself a story of what she needs to do or shame yourself in for you know reacting that way in front of somebody right <laughs> that's not what needs to happen so then what does need to happen again another what question yeah what does need to happen yeah and what did need to happen at that time i'm not even sure i've unpacked all of it mm-hmm. but it completely changed yeah. at least in that moment i wasn't asking why or blaming or shaming or whatever mm-hmm. process I would typically go through. I did for probably about two minutes or so. I would say maybe it was even faster than that. But it was it was really quick. And then I didn't know what to do. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. again, it was that new cog- co- cognitive behavioral therapy kind of like trudging a new course. Yeah, And you're just making shit up like what do i do yeah i'm not gonna make a joke about it i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna um, be sarcastic and bitchy Mm -hmm. um what am i going to do yeah and then it just kind of brought itself to light and then i could like just standing there helping her clean the kitchen and do the dishes then i could ask the question and however whichever way it came up oh you're not mad about me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a blame. It wasn't a shame. It wasn't it was a curiosity mm-hmm. from a completely different place. Cause I know that we think that we're being curious, but right. we are being really blamey, really shamey. Yeah. And because I wasn't carrying that, mm-hmm. um, it was a completely different tone of question. Mm-hmm. And she could just dismiss it like, no, 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 I'm completely off. Right. Yeah. And so I think that the awareness point of it is just big. Yeah. And if you're still being aware, don't try hard not to speak. Yeah. Because if the awareness point of it, just just listen mm-hmm. to yourself, to what's happening. Yeah. Try your damnedest to listen.
1: Yeah. I always um I ask my clients usually to try to listen to their body first that your body will usually give you the signs, symptoms of what you're feeling Mm -hmm. before you even realize what's going on. And learning that body awareness can help bring that insight and all the other awareness that's going on too. Where I know that if I start feeling something like a tightness in my stomach or I start getting really restless, or my body will just start shaking. Like, that's, that's the severe side of that anxiety. But even, even just those little moments where I can feel myself holding my breath yeah. or my shoulders are going up to my ears, whatever that is for people. Other, other people would say, oh, my, tight, my chest gets tight or um, I feel like I can't breathe or who knows, their f- head gets fuzzy but those are usually the clues you will notice first mm. that is telling you something is going on. You can kind of feel that happen because even when I get a text message like from my mom or anyone else, if it's something that I don't want to look at, don't want to deal with, I know exactly what that feels like
0: Yeah,
1: and the sensation that it brings. And so then that is my indicator of, see, this is one of those things. This is one of those things that you want to go bury your head in the sand and not think about and just distract yourself. And the thing is, it doesn't work. It might for a split second, but then it'll come back. And then you try to distract again, and then it comes back, and you distract again, and it comes back. And then back. Get, it
0: gets worse because it's paired up with all the other things that mm-hmm. you've wanted to avoid,
1: and they become buddies. Right. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like... You can't even so sort them you out anymore. So if access this one, uh-huh. the whole
0: flood of them are going to come are in, friend. Are going to come in.
1: Yep. <laughs> You're going to start thinking about all the things, right. and that is not fun. Mm-mm. So being aware of when... You start to feel that and trying to address it as it happens yeah is hard it's hard but it doesn't last as long
0: it doesn't yeah. it does and it doesn't it doesn't delay the effects right of whatever's happening because like you could I've had panic attacks in mm-hmm. my life um, and you know it <laughs> it's a delayed um, feeling mm-hmm. that just all of a sudden comes up when you're shopping for bras <laughs> and then you can't breathe. And you're like, <laughs> then you build, build a weird thing about shopping for bras again. And then right. you're it's still not dealing with your shit. Why am I and camping? right. <laughs> I can't breathe and the world's spinning and I'm mm-hmm. going to puke. And yeah. yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So that delayed it's, yeah. um,
1: makes Victoria's secret really scary. Right.
0: Yeah. Terrifying. Right. Like I can't go in there. <laughs> Those people saw me one time. <laughs> so we've got five minutes left. Okay. Anything else you want to say to
1: the universe? The universe in general. Um, nothing in particular. Um, as I'm thinking about just all the things that we've been talking about, it's... It's always fun just to talk with you and get these ideas out of my head and into our own little world. but now the thought of it being in an even bigger kind of place is there's a part of me that's just like, well, if it doesn't do any good, that's okay. But right. if somebody somewhere hears something that is helpful, then that is a really good feeling. Yeah. Yes, so I'm glad that this is something you're taking on. Thanks. And I think it'll be a really great thing for yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping. So I um, I don't, I, I listened, I think it was a TED Talk, and she was talking about um, what would you do or what could you do if you, no one was looking mm-hmm. and it didn't matter? Yeah. And what could you just do? All the time, yeah. I'm like, God, I could just talk with people, <laughs> yeah. I could just do it. There's yeah. not a, and it doesn't have to be someone famous or Mm-mm. noteworthy or exceptionally brilliant. I think we're all exceptionally brilliant. We're mm-hmm. all survived up to this point. Even drug addicts, <laughs> they survived right. up to this point. They found a coping mechanism to yeah. deal with. Congratulations to them, right? Yeah, a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just think, like, what is the thing that I could do? Is I could speak to people. Yeah. And if it didn't ever bring anything massively huge or important, and it's just something that I do, then that's what I do. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And I thank you so much for being my first guest. You're so welcome. I couldn't think of anyone better. <laughs> we have been friends for 25 years, yeah. For those of you listening, yeah. a long time. Uh-huh. So we know each other's shit. Yeah. We can't All get of away
1: it. From,
0: uh-huh. from it.
1: But it's comforting to have that. Oh, God. And yeah. I feel really lucky. Ooh, I am yeah. so.
0: I mean, I joke that she became a therapist because with a fucked up friend like <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> You're watching stuff happen as we're kids, and you're like, uh, yeah, someone should be out there helping people. <laughs>
1: This person could use someone to talk to. (laughs) Right, (laughs) Um,
0: But she is, I'm exceptionally lucky to have you too, in my life. So thank you. I guess we'll end a little bit early. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you will possibly want to be one of the people on the people around us one day. And I'll get to speak with you and hear your story. Thank you so much. Bye.